Guys, thank you, thank you so much uh, just, for, just for loving us and, and for being our family mm-hmm. and uh, for, for, walking, for walking this road with us. And uh, I, think, I think the best place to start uh, this morning in our, in our conversation and the time that we have together uh, is just to, uh, we just wanna, we wanna thank you. Yeah. We wanna thank you. Absolutely. And, and uh, just let you know that for, like, from the bottom of our hearts, we are so, so appreciative. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because for years, the years that we've been here, we've been saying, you know, this is, this is a great church. Um, and we really did believe that. But over the last uh, 11 and a half months, we've, we've experienced, we've experienced just how great, we've experienced just how awesome, we've experienced just how healthy, we've experienced, uh, we've experienced this church in, in, a, in a real way in, in our lives. And yes. so uh, thank you to each and every, every single one of you for, for being that, for being the church yeah. and for being an example, not just locally, but uh, I'd say nationally and even globally, being an example of what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. Yeah. And uh, so, so we say thank you to, yeah. to, uh, to you for that. Well, people asked us a lot, like, how is your church handling this with you both not being there and going back and forth? <laughs> how do you still have jobs? That's pretty much what they wanted to know. <laughs> and we just had the opportunity again and again and again to say that, like, this church gets it. It's not about just trying to, oh, now you're trying no, to touch me. No, don't get me. any ideas. Don't get any ideas. Nothing's changed there, let's be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> you should keep talking. I'm yeah. going to say something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we have the opportunity again and again to just say that, like, this church isn't about just trying to, you know, make sure that everything is right and working properly. Like, this is our family. And these yeah. people get what it means to be the body of Christ right. and to hold people up when they're weak and to celebrate when they're strong. And so yeah. we experience you holding us up in our weakness. And we just got to say to people again and again, we are blown away at the support and the encouragement that we receive from this place. Right. And we've said, like, since we've been home now, yeah. not even a week, we've been home. Um, <laughs> We had no idea the magnitude of support that we had even while we were in the midst of this. And now seeing how many people are saying like, I just was weeping and I was so excited and I've just been crying tears of joy. And we, you know, we're being stopped everywhere that we go with people saying like how happy that they are that we're home. And um, it's just been such a beautiful experience for us of what it looks like to have people walk with you in the darkness and also celebrate with you in the victory. And that's yeah. been such a special a special thing for us. Yeah, we, uh, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, uh, and we've talked about this. We've tried our best, I think, to model this, uh, that we made a decision some time ago, not necessarily, uh, you know, did we verbalize it to each other, but I think we've just grown to this place uh, that we don't want to lead publicly any differently than we live privately. Yeah. And, um, you know, bad things do happen. And uh, things that are unplanned for, they... Uh, they can sometimes just, uh, they just rear themselves in, in the most seemingly inopportune of times. And uh, you know, perhaps you're there or living there or have lived there. Um, that, that's, that's, that's real. And, and, uh, and, and we wanted to be authentic and we wanted to be honest and we wanted to be vulnerable with you as your, as your pastors. Yeah. And, and not just you know, bring you into the joyous moments and uh, you know, in the, the moments of, of, of celebration because of growth or because of change or because of salvation 
salvations and ba- all those, those are all wonderful things. Uh, we brought you into the journey when we told you that there was a, a, a two-year-old boy in Nigeria that we had been chosen for to become his parents. And we brought you into that and then in bringing you into that, we knew that we were going to uh, drag you into the rest of it too. Uh, but what's really special about bringing people into your lower moments. What's really special about inviting people into the more difficult times is that when you get to the other side, well, there's more people there waiting on the shore to celebrate yeah. with you. And so that's what's really special is that, uh, you know, because, because, of the, because of the decision that we made, and, and you'll learn if you haven't learned already that, you know, there are people that perhaps might go through their grief or go through their troubling season a little differently than you choose to, but we decided that we were going to do it very publicly, and we decided decided that we were going to invite the body to come and join us. And this community, the city of Abbotsford has rallied around us as, yeah. as, a, as a family in this community and has loved us so well. And so we've just experienced, as Kim's alluded to, yeah. since being home, just this overwhelming kindness and generosity. People keep paying for our brunches and our lunches and all that. I hope that never stops, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I'm just going out for lunch this afternoon in faith, just believing somebody else is going to get the... I'm just going to keep going until it stops. But no, um, I'm joking, kind of. And so, um, but it's just like, I mean, it's just amazing. And so, uh, Man, we just, we've been reminded. When all the news that you're reading, all the things that are going on, and all the stuff that's happening, I need you to know that we're very fortunate to live in the city that we live in. We're very fortunate to have the leadership that we have that's been elected to the positions that's been elected to in our city. And that uh, there's some wonderful, wonderful people and family and businesses here in Abbotsford that get to be a part of our home. Yeah. So if there is a chance that you are sitting here this morning and you have no idea what everybody is celebrating, (laughs) I, I, I understand. That, like, for we do most this every us, week. We do this yeah, every week. For most of us, <clears throat> excuse me, we're a family here and you've been journeying with us for the last 11 and a half months. Um, but if you are, <clears throat> excuse me, if you are visiting with us this morning and you have no idea what the confetti and the singing and the celebrating and the cute little kid is all about, <laughs> uh, 11 and a half months ago, Clark and I, uh, August 1st, 2018, when you have to start using the year to describe your story, you know it's been too long, right? Um, August 1st, 2018, we boarded a plane uh, to head to Nigeria to complete the adoption of our son. And uh, what we expected to take a few weeks turned into a few months, and then we got caught up in this um, very complicated whirlwind of a nightmare, let's call it, Um, because we're just going to celebrate today and not focus on all the bad stuff. Um, We got caught up in this just whirlwind of something, and uh, we ended up being stuck overseas, unable to bring our son home, Um, just uh, stuck with the Canadian government side of things, unable to bring our son home. And so we've been waiting, this church has been praying, our community has been rallying across Canada, and I I would even say across the globe, people have just been... um, just with us and journeying with us, just believing that God would listen, that he would answer our prayers, that he would just step in and intervene uh, and make it so that our family could be reunited on Canadian soil. And so this last week, last Thursday, it was July 4th, Clark and I, we just celebrated 12 years of marriage, hey? Happy years, too. That like, was a, happy years. After 12 years, you get a side hug. That's, That's how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> so look out for... I don't know what number 13 will hold. Look out, but anyway, yeah, no, but tw- so 12 years. Yeah, which so, is awesome. so Clark actually, um, our family was living in Amman, Jordan, actually, for the last three months, just staying with some family friends there. And, uh, 
Clark came out to visit, our plan was that we'd been switching places about every eight weeks or so. And so he came to switch places with us again, but instead of us just kind of tagging off the relay baton pass that we had been doing, we decided to spend a week together just to be married for a week and to have Ao have both of his parents together. And uh, we were celebrating our anniversary uh, actually at the Dead Sea. We, we got to stay at the Dead Sea for two nights. And uh, we were just celebrating there together, celebrating our anniversary there together. And we'd come back after dinner, and um, I, got, I was sitting down just on the, the little like balcony area outside, and Clark was inside with Ao. And uh, I just decided to refresh my email one more time before the night was over because that's what we did, probably like on average. A couple hundred times? 700 times a day, yeah, okay. maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I just refreshed my email, just thinking like, oh, maybe the office in Accra might still be open. Maybe we could still get an answer if there's a chance. And I refreshed it, and, and an email bumped up to the top of my email thing when I refreshed it. And it was a simple email that says, says please find attached a letter granting citizenship to Ayomidea Kin Moran. Yeah. yeah. So here's what happened. The event's following. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm sitting there on this chair, and I refresh, and I'm like, and I started going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm in the hotel, I'm in the bedroom. Kim is hyperventilating on the balcony for all to hear. So I'm like trying to find, I'm trying to find the door to get back into our room. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like stumbling over everything. And yeah. I finally get in to, to where I see Clark. And I was like, Clark, 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 Clark. And he comes to me and he's like running to me. He's like, what's wrong? What's yeah. wrong? And I was like, I was like, Clark, I got an email. Clark, Clark, Clark. Yeah. <laughs> Spit it out. <laughs> I'm getting, my watch is telling me to breathe right now in this moment. <laughs> Living it over again. And so he just says to me, he's like, is it good news or bad news? And I was like, it's good news. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I just... stop. Pa pa Does that look like good news to anybody? <laughs> I have seen, I have seen this <laughs> turn of events maybe three times in the 12 years. It's never been good. <laughs> Ever. And so I'm preparing myself, like, okay, great, all right, now, now we're selling the house, we're moving to Jordan, I don't know what's going, you know, and, and, and in this moment, I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, tell, give me, give me something, and all your, and you say, it, and you said it, it was good, that it's was good. it. And he said, really, really, and I was like, yeah, I got an email, he's like, actually, wait a second, I haven't finished reading it, I'm not sure if it's good news or not. <laughs> Do you know how many emails we've got in the last year that haven't been good news? I'm rolling the I'm assuming the odds are not in my favor right now. So before I get excited and join her in the hot mess that is taking all, I, I, we read the email together, yeah, and uh, and it was it and was it was really good, good news. news. And so <laughs> it was really good I'm news. like crumpled up, and Clark's just holding. I'm like sobbing, tears. I don't even know what was happening. I was really in my own moment right then. I don't know. How did you experience that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually, um, I'll just keep going. It's <laughs> I've got a meeting with my counselor this week, so okay, he'll take good. <laughs> we're good. He and I are good. I'm just like sobbing in the moment. I think Clark was holding me. Yeah, you okay. and you and him. And him, and then Ao's there going like, "What is wrong with yeah. my mom?" I'm trying to communicate to him that these are happy tears. That yeah, these are, good these are happy tears. He was kind of, he was tears. obviously a little bit concerned because I'd seen it three times, he'd never seen it. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but uh, 
it quickly turned once we had all the details. Yeah, so we found out um, that he was granted his full Canadian citizenship. Which is great. Huge. Which is great. Huge. Which is just such a, such a reminder, mm. such a privilege to know yeah. that God, he didn't just do it, he didn't just do it, but, but it's, it's like it is, well, it is we finished. Had, well, a few you know. weeks earlier, we, had, we were actually petitioning with the Canadian government to just say, can you just issue him a temporary residence visa just so we can at least come home and have him here? Um, there, there was a few reasons why we listed that we needed them to do that. And so we were hoping that we would be issued at least a temporary residence permit, which would allow him to come to Canada for six months. It wouldn't mean that anything was over by any stretch, but at least we could come home for a short time together as a family. Um, and so to be issued his full Canadian citizenship for us was just like a huge, huge sigh of and relief. I, you know what? And I, I think that speaks to something actually, even just, just as an aside. I yeah. think sometimes when we get into our seasons of difficulty, and I don't know maybe who this is for this morning, but I think sometimes we get into our seasons of difficulty and we decide that we're going to abandon the prayers that we had previously prayed. I think that sometimes we get into our seasons of difficulty and we decide that we're going to abandon the promises that we know that God has also previously made. Yeah. And we start to take, we start to take like a, a lesser version of, well, God, I know you've told me this and I know you've promised this or I know you said that, but I, I, I'll, I'll settle, I'll settle for this or at least take that. And I, I just want you to know that if God has promised it, that he is going to take it to completion and he'll fulfill yeah. it. I, I want you to know that you don't need to settle, you don't need to settle for less than what it is that God's promised you. Yeah. You don't need to set. You don't need to need to settle for less than the miracle that perhaps God has, has promised you. You don't yeah. need to settle for less than, than than what it is that God has determined yeah. that He would. If He's if He's told you that He will do it, yeah. then He He will do it. He might not share the details yeah. with you, but if, if He's promised you something, I want you to know that He is faithful to take that to completion. So don't settle for less than what it is that God has told you would be yeah. best. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So we get this email, um, basically granting him full Canadian citizenship, and we look at our clock. And because um, we were living in Jordan and it is a predominantly Muslim country, um, their week goes from Sunday to Thursday. And so everything is closed on Friday and Saturday. And so this is Thursday night, 6.30 on Thursday night at this point. And so we knew that everything was closed. We couldn't go to the embassy uh, and get the papers and everything that we needed to begin to be processed. And so we had to wait till Sunday morning. And so, of course, who's first in line Sunday morning at the embassy <laughs> with everything that we need in hand ready to go? And anyway, a long story short, we ended up sitting down with some of the immigration officials there in Jordan. And uh, they said, well, what we can do, like, it will take a little while to process his Canadian passport. It could take a few days or a few weeks. Uh, and I, I think, like, in that moment, our hearts just kind of sank because you're so, yeah. and once you know that you can come home, you just, like, want to come home, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I think our hearts just sank a little bit. But they said, like, we can put this little, like, visa basically in his Nigerian passport that says he is a Canadian citizen so he'll still be traveling on a Nigerian passport yeah. but his passport will say that he's a Canadian citizen it'll make it easier to for his entry back into Canada and I was like okay well when can you do that and she's like well can you come back at one o'clock and pick it up I'm like today she was like yeah today and I was like okay so what happens when we get that paper I clerk asked said afterwards he's like do you realize you asked her the same question five times And I was like because I needed to be sure what she was saying was true <laughs> and so she said, well, as soon as you have that paper, you can go home. So wait, when I get the paper, <laughs> what you're telling me is I get to, I can go, yes, yes, Miss Moran, you, you can go home. Okay, so if so I come at one o'clock, <laughs> you're going to give me a paper 
There's and then are we a, able, can we go home? Yes, you get to go home. There had been a lot of trust broken and wrong things said. I just wanted to make sure the communication was clear. And so she said, she was like, actually, there's a direct flight out tonight to Montreal. If you could get on that flight, you can leave tonight. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> and we walked out. Are you telling me that there's a direct flight? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish that wasn't how it happened. It really <laughs> is. How it, happened. it really is. And so, anyway, we left the embassy and um, got our flights booked. Our credit card company thought that we were. It was somebody was trying to charge our company. They froze it. We eventually. Well, they didn't, Mastercard didn't really believe that this had happened. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? And I just There's no way the Marans like, are coming. We were home. trying to book our flights, and our credit card froze our credit card. And I was like, Why is everyone trying to keep us out of Canada? Like, <laughs> we just like couldn't get back. Conspiracy theories and, uh, running around. Anyway, we packed um, our bags and we got everything ready with enough time to go out. This was July 7th. This all happened on July 7th, 2019. And July 7th was our anniversary. And so for our 12th wedding anniversary, this is how we celebrated. Yeah, we're not forget it. And so we went out for dinner that night. Yeah, we went out for dinner that night to celebrate our anniversary. Came back to the house and grabbed our bags and we went to the airport and we flew a direct flight from Amman to Montreal. And so Montreal isn't quite home, as you know. We live here in Abbotsford. And so we landed in Montreal and we decided. Well, because at this point, nobody knew that we were home. Nobody, it happened so fast that like, we just decided just to like not tell anyone. So we landed in Montreal, we rented a car in Montreal, and we just loaded in the car and we drove two hours west to Brockville, Ontario, Clark's hometown where his parents live. Oh, Brockville came. Wow. That's great. <laughs> that was a long trip. The whole town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we drove to Brockville where Clark's parents live. And uh, I posted some videos this week. Maybe you got a chance or you saw them on CTV. Maybe. Um, but we got a chance to surprise Clark's parents. They had no idea that we were coming. Mm -hmm. And they were just shocked. We got to surprise um, to both of Clark's grandmothers who are still alive. And it was just really important to us because you just never know as people are getting older how much longer they'll have to be able to meet uh, the important people in your life and so they both got a chance to meet Ao and we surprised them and no one had a heart attack uh, which genuine concern genuine yeah, no, concern yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're. and then we got in the car we drove two hours further down the 401 down one of the major highways in Ontario and we stopped in Port Hope Ontario where my parents live and we got to surprise them at work uh, and so that was really fun and then got to also surprise my grandparents another set of Ao's great-grandparents and then we got on a plane in Toronto on Wednesday and we flew into Abbotsford on Wednesday evening and we walked through our home for the very first time as a family of three on Wednesday night. And, and all, all our son cared about was his tutor that was sitting. That's true. His, his scooter that He's, was waiting yeah. for him in his, in his, in his bedroom. And then uh, after he quickly got bored with that, he was just consumed with where Biba was, which is how he says Zola. And uh, so he was on a frantic tear looking for, looking for mm -hmm. Zola. Um, and it's kind of surreal even standing here and looking over there and watching, watching him now. Um, I gotta tell you this, um, as we were traveling and, uh, and surprising people, uh, I was a little bit overwhelmed at, at the response from, from, from family. Um, but I was reminded that that was, that was because that they had helped carry this season with us as well too. Mm -hmm. and, 
And then as we started getting close to the Abbotsford, we started to get like, we started to get recognized where there were people that were stopping us and saying, hey, you know, congratulations, you're, you're home. And nice to meet you. <laughs> I'm not sure that we, no. and we started to realize, I think on the way home, just the breadth of, of uh, impact that, that, that AO's life had had on, 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 so many, on so many people. To be stopped yesterday uh, throughout the downtown and as I said, you know, the kindness that we received from people as they, you know, voluntarily, you know, paid for our bills and uh, I was reminded that there was a whole number of people that, that joined us on this journey yeah. and, and the reason why they, the emotion and the tear, like the emails and the, message, the messages especially that you've gotten yeah. over the last few days from around the world of people that are just crying and all these sorts of things, it, it, it's, it's, because they, it's because they carried the weight of it yeah. with us. Absolutely. And, and so again, I, I don't want to go back to, but um, just we're so thankful for that. Yeah. We're, we're just so thankful for that. Yeah. And this journey for us, it was funny, like we, we're having these celebratory moments here today. Um, but you know, maybe you've experienced this at some point in your life. The celebration always feels so much greater when, it, when the pain was like greater too. Do you know what, do yeah, you know what I mean? Bit. A little bit of tragedy kind of adds to the triumph. Yeah, like I, think, I feel yeah. like had it not been this like long extended journey, had it not been so hard, it wouldn't feel so like sweet and joyous and victorious right now. But because we like were really like drudging through some like pretty heavy mud <laughs> at yeah. times and because things were so challenging to be here right now in this moment and to be all together with you and celebrating in this moment it just feels a little bit sweeter yeah. and a little bit greater than I think it would have 10 months ago yeah. uh, or 11 months ago when we first came back yeah. it was funny Clark actually said to me this morning on the way in he said, you know what, I just want to like tell people and I want to like talk to them about how like we just always knew the whole time we were walking through this, we always knew that like, you know, God was with us and he was going to answer our prayers and I just want to like encourage people and tell them that we knew that God had never left us. And what did I say to you? Um, she, told me, she told me I wasn't allowed to say that. <laughs> And, uh, and she had good reason for that, actually, because to be completely honest, if I would have said that to you, um, I think I would have been lying yeah. because there were, there were some really hard moments the last, the last year. Like, there, were some, there, were some, there, were some dark, there were some dark spots that uh, I'm not always, I'm, not always, I'm still not necessarily proud of, of the way that at, at times uh, I, I handled those things. Yeah, maybe... Um, Fortunately, I never hit post when I, you know, um, but, uh, but there were certainly, there were certainly some moments that were, there were certainly some moments that were pretty difficult. There were certainly some, some moments that were, that, that were hard and that, that made it, uh, well, you, you know, I, I guess you just, you feel it. You just, you just you're, you're reminded that you're in those moments that you're human. I, like, I love Jesus, you know. Just uh, in case anybody's wondering, you know, <clears throat> it's on the board or anybody like that. <laughs> uh, like, I, like, I love Jesus. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I count it a privilege to be able to do what we do and, and be able to walk with you through some of your stuff and some of your heavy mud. But when I found myself in my own, you know, um, 
there, there were times where you, you kind of catch yourself, just yeah. you get angry and you get frustrated and, and, and you, you can kind of feel the weight of it. Yeah. But I knew in those moments where I was feeling the weight of it, it's probably because I had taken it out of his hands thinking that I could do a better job. Yeah. And uh, if I was feeling the weight of this season, it was because I determined to carry it and I knew that in my own strength I couldn't do yeah. that. And I, I feel like sometimes when we come out on the other side, um, it's really easy to just celebrate in the victory and to forget. Like I, I'm guilty of this in my own life. And somebody encouraged me to start just like writing things down, just like, you know, the emotions I was feeling, how I was, uh, like how I was experiencing things. And I actually read some of this to Clark this morning. He'd never heard it before, just out of the journal that I was keeping while I was away. And I said to him, like, I don't want you to say that like there weren't these moments of darkness or wondering, God, where are you? What are you doing? Are you listening to our prayers or not? Because I think the reality is, is that when we're walking through difficulty, we do our best to raise a hallelujah and to begin to worship. But there are very, very real human moments amidst that. On June 23rd, that is not that long ago, two weeks before all this finished, uh, this is what I wrote in my journal. I'm at the end of myself. I feel depleted in every way. I'm brokenhearted and discouraged. I'm just so broken. It feels like this is never gonna end and I feel so alone, so betrayed, so forgotten. God, I'm asking you one more time, will you please hear my desperate cries? I need you. Please, from the bottom of my fragmented heart, will you see me? Like, like those, those are real emotions and real feelings and I don't know what you might be walking through this morning or where you're at. Maybe you've never experienced anything that's left you quite feeling like this. Maybe you are walking in victory like we are this morning on the other side of it and we're praising and worshiping and we're crying like happy tears but maybe, maybe, maybe this is you this morning writing, praying these same things that I was just speaking to God. I'm at the end of myself. I feel depleted, God, I'm asking one more time. Because I could like read back, months back to you where I said, God, I'm begging you, please do something. God, we're fasting and praying over this. Please, will you listen to me? God, if there's anything, I can't do this anymore. I'm at the end, I'm like, like I've been praying those prayers for months, like desperate, desperate prayers for months. And I just felt like so just broken and wounded. And I did, there was moments where I I knew like, people are gonna say, way to go, Pastor Kim, I'm sure when I admit this, but (laughs) there was moments where I really felt like, God, have you left me? And I'm reading through the Psalms and, and I'm, I'm, I'm reading the words that David penned as he is betrayed by people closest to him and as he's running for his life and I'm reading these words in Psalms and David felt the same way. He was like, God, where are you? God, uh, do you hear me? God, I look to the hills and I realize that my help comes from you but there are moments where he just feels so broken and it's like your head knows. Mm-hmm. Like your, your head knows what it knows, which is that like, you know that God is real. You know that he never leaves us or forsakes us. But sometimes in our human emotion and in the rawness and in the grief and in the pain that we're experiencing, man, it feels hard. Sure, and I think it's, there's a difference between wondering and, and, and worrying. 
And, and I think that, it, you know, in our humanness, it, it makes sense, it makes sense to, to wonder. And God, I even think of the disciples, you know, in the midst of that storm. God, do you even care? Jesus, do you even care right now that, yeah. you, that we're perishing? Like, are you even, even paying attention to yeah. what's going on right now? And I don't know, I, I'm not sure, but I don't know maybe if in that moment what frustrated Jesus perhaps the most wasn't the fact that his disciples wondered, but the fact that they allowed fear to take them over, yeah. that they began to worry. Not, and he said, where's your faith? Like, look at all the things that I've done. Be reminded of the miracles. Be reminded of the mountains that I've moved. Be reminded of, the, of your history, of the lineage, yeah. of, the, of, the, of the stories, and, and allow that to, to build your faith. And, yeah. and, and you know what? There certainly is moments where you catch yourself wondering, you know, God, are you, are you listening? God, are you going to yeah. pay attention? God, are you going to move? God, are you going to act? Um, but I, I think inevitably, when we would talk on the phone or FaceTime or converse, you know, with, with others, yeah. we would continually come back to this place, but we still, like you said, we still knew. Yeah. You know, you know we, we, still, we still knew, and, and, and knowing that, that, that helped, I think, that totally. helped at times with the worrying. Yeah. It was, uh, as I was just, like, reading over some of the words that I penned over the last few months this morning, this is another thing I wrote. I said, I'm overwhelmed. This is June 10th. I'm overwhelmed, I'm weary, exhausted. I tried to work out today, so while I was there, I was trying really hard to like regain some of the strength that I lost when my health kind of, you know what happened. I tried to work out today and tears flooded my eyes and streamed down my face. Four or five times I almost quit my workout as I broke down crying. But every time I felt this still, small voice, don't quit now. I forced myself to push through, stepping up onto the bench as I fought to keep going through the fatigue and the tears, and I felt this still small voice, don't quit now, you're almost finished. My mind was immediately transported to the Israelites in Joshua, walking around the walls of Jericho, you're on your last lap, don't quit now. And I remember being in the basement where I was staying, and there was this little workout bench, and I was trying to step up on the bench, and I felt like my strength was just like depleted. And I felt like I just like couldn't keep going, and I just like was, was like, just trying to fight back tears the whole time and I kept just going to stop and walk away and every single time I went to go and walk away, I felt, don't quit now. Don't quit now, you're almost finished. And I felt like God was just speaking in my heart in this moment, you're almost done, you're on your last lap, don't quit now. And as I'm like experiencing this, like my physical body as I'm trying to work out, God is speaking to like my spirit at the same time. Mm and said to me the same way that I felt about this whole journey. The reason why I wrote it down was because I was like, I feel like that's what God is saying to me about this journey that we've been on for the last year. Like I was so weary and I just wanted to quit so many times. I don't even know what quitting looked like, but I just was like so done. And I felt like I just like didn't have any more fight left in me. Mm. And I felt like God was just speaking to my heart, like don't quit now. On June 12th, Two days later, I wrote this. I can't shake this feeling that this is all almost over. All day long, I've been having this conversation with God. And I felt like I was standing in the kitchen at the house that we were staying at. I remember you telling me this. Yeah, I was saying, I remember calling Allison and, and filling her in on it. And I was like, Allison, I'm either going crazy or God's speaking to me. I have no idea which one. Jury's <laughs> 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 still out, okay. <laughs> I said, I can't shake this feeling that this is all over, that this is all almost over. All day long, I've been having this conversation with God. I felt like God was just whispering to my spirit, do you believe I can do it? Of course, I answered. Do you believe I will do it? 
because that was the difference for me. It wasn't about believing that God can. I've seen his goodness again and again. I've seen him heal people, like physically heal people of things. I've seen him come through in my life on multiple occasions. Do I believe? Do you believe I can do it? Well, yeah, of course I believe you can do it. But then I felt like God whispered to my spirit, do you believe I will? And that's when I answered, I don't know. And I wrote the, the conversation in my journal. I said, I don't know, God. I don't know if you'll do it or not. And I felt like God spoke to my spirit and say, if you believe I will, pack your bags. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when we had to catch that flight at 3 a.m., it really didn't take as long to pack. Kim already had it all done. Yeah. <laughs> bags are sitting there waiting at the door, ready to go, ready to go. So I packed my bags at 9.45 p.m. in Amman, Jordan. And then I wrote these words, I know breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and he won't stop now. But it didn't happen the next day. It didn't happen the next day. And it didn't happen the day after that. No, that's why I'm just like scrolling through here. Yeah, like, you gotta, yeah there's a lot of days between again, that. <laughs> where I was just like, God, am I going crazy? But I felt like for me, that was like a step of faith right. to pack my bags. That in the midst of a journey where I literally just didn't know if God was gonna answer my prayer or not. Like I wish I could stand here before you and be like, my faith was never like shaken or the whole time I just knew that God was gonna answer my prayer and that it was gonna happen. Like I actually had no idea. <laughs> like I had no idea if God was actually going to reunite our family. Like I was hoping and I was praying and I was believing, but it's like you have so many disappointments again and again and again. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about this morning. Mm -hmm. You have so many disappointments again and again, so many times where you've asked God to answer and you feel like he hasn't come through, so many times where you feel broken and at the end of yourself and you've asked God to come in and your situation and your circumstances don't change and you just find yourself just going like, I know God can, right. but I don't know if he's going to come through for me or not. Yeah. I just don't know if he's gonna answer because I've, no, I've been around long enough to know that some people get healed and see breakthrough and other people lose their life to things or other people have to be in the same situations again and again. Not everybody gets healed. Some people have to live with sickness their whole life. Like I know that and so it wasn't a matter of whether God can, it was about whether or not he will. Yeah. And so I packed my bag just as a statement of faith to God really. Nobody else. I told like two people, I was like, so I packed my bags. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I don't know what's going to happen. But it was a statement of faith for me to just say like, God, I believe that you will. Yeah. Yeah. I don't always have the faith to like, just like really believe that in my heart. But for me, because I'm for sure that from the time that I pack my bags to the time I see this promise come to fulfillment, I'm right. sure there's going to be many moments of doubt. But I want you to know that I'm packing my bags because even if my faith is shaken, I mm. still believe that you will. That's right. That's right. You know, it's, that was a moment. That was a huge moment for you. And there's, there's, I yeah. think because of the situation, because of the story, because of all the different things that had happened, I mean, your soul kind of becomes conditioned to expect the worst. But, yeah. you know, as someone who loves Jesus, there's this wrestle going inside where your spirit is still trying to believe for the extraordinary yeah. while your soul is telling you, hey, it's like the battle of like your flesh and your spirit, right? Exactly Where it. it's just like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And everyone's trying to prepare you for the worst, but yeah. you like, no. No, I know. Ugh. And so here, <laughs> so about, oh, what is it now? It's uh, coming out on, uh, it'll be two weeks ago tomorrow. 
uh, two weeks ago I spoke here uh, doing our whole Unmuted series, which we'll get back to in, you know, the weeks to come. Um, and on Monday morning, Pastor Gordo picked me up and I headed to the airport for what I thought was just another routine switch. Spend a few days together, celebrate our anniversary, and uh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. On Sunday night, uh, because Kim had bought me for Father's Day all these different tools and creams and things to like detail my car, um, you know, we don't it's, have, you know, you know, it sounds like a weird gift, but he's no, like weird, it's the greatest he's gift weird ever. like that, like he likes okay, to, okay, we don't need to call each other names, but I mean, it's okay. just like, <laughs> but, but okay. for me, like, you know what, when you just don't have control over anything, it's just nice if you can just find something. And so I'll tell you, my car is immaculate right now. And the inside, it just smells so good. And other than the little, you know, size six footprints that are on the back of my seat, but those are fine. They can stay there forever. Um, but I decided it was Sunday night. I, uh, I was done packing and I was cleaning my car and doing all that. And I, and I, I started to walk away from it. I, I, just, I just locked it. And uh, there have been maybe a handful of times in the last year where I can remember audibly just like crying out to God. Maybe it's only a few times because after the first few times I was convinced maybe that he, he wasn't listening. But in that moment in my parking garage, um, and anybody uh, that perhaps heard me, not crazy, um, in that moment I went from like asking and I moved from like seeking towards the place of like I think knocking, you know, that we read about in Matthew. I didn't tell God what he was going to do. I just told God what I wanted. I said, God, I want to be back and I want to be driving that car. Within the next two weeks, I, w- I want to be home with my family and I want to be in that car in the next two weeks. I-, I know you can do it. And that was it. I didn't even give him time to respond. I didn't want to, <laughs> it's just, it, it, we're done. The next morning, Pastor Gordo picked me up. We're driving to the airport. We get to the airport. We get to departures, get out of the car. He gets my bags. He gives me a hug and he says, you know, Clark, we're praying for you. And all this. I said, Gordo, don't worry about it. I'm going to see you real soon. And he goes, well, that's what, and, he, and Gordo's great because his faith, it doesn't take much to, it doesn't take much to turn it up. And he's like, well, yeah, all right, amen. And so, so we just had this moment right outside of departures where I said, listen, let's not, I'm coming back. I'm just believing it's going to happen. And, um, you know, I, I need you to know that, uh, that that wasn't, as we've tried to explain today, that, that wasn't how we felt this entire journey. Uh, his spirit has certainly carried us and enabled us in the moments where we were needed to be everything that he's called us to be. But I need, you, I need you to know, I need you to know that there were moments where I couldn't sing in the middle of the storm. I, 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 there was moments I couldn't even listen to that song, even though that song is probably written for moments where you perhaps can't sing it. Those are the ones where you need to somehow find the strength to, to proclaim, to remind yourself, to remind, to remind your soul that, that he is in control, that, that, he, that he is not just the God of the destination, but he is the God of the details, that he's in it and he's moving and he's acting and he's doing things that perhaps we might not ever even see or know or be made aware of until, until the other side of this life. Yeah. But I need you to know that regardless to where you find yourself and perhaps the things that Kim's read this morning, they resonate with you all too clearly. I need you to know 
that he has never left you and he has not forsaken you. That though you don't have the answer yet that you perhaps want, I need you to know that he is still the God that you need. Though that perhaps you don't have yet the answer that you want, he still yet is the God that you need. That he is a God of the valley. That he is the God of the mountaintop. That he is just as sovereign and just as able, just as powerful and just as prominent in the center of the storm as he is on more peaceful shores. That if God promised you that he was going to take you from where you are to where it is he's told you to go, that if God has promised you that he would take you from one side to the other, that he'll take you there. Hi, buddy. Hi. Hi. What are you doing? Hey, Ao, what was our favorite song when we were in Africa? Do you remember? Was it raised? No. Oh, a blueberry for me? Can I have one? Mm. <laughs> I really hope he gets more comfortable here. I really right? hope he Our favorite song while we were away, and my favorite, I just mean probably most played. <laughs> Not actually favorite, because the words are hard sometimes. Um, was Raise a Hallelujah, the last song that we sang before we came up. Brayden knew that, so played it. And that song, I don't know if you know much about why that song was written, but um, there was this little boy named Jackson a couple years ago now, a couple years ago, who got quite sick and they thought he was going to die. Just a little boy, like maybe a was age, maybe a little younger at the time. And uh, the guy who wrote this song says that he just like got a message saying that it wasn't looking good and that things had taken a turn for the worse. And he thought in that moment, like, we're going to lose him. Jackson's going to die. Like, there's, there's, there's no hope left. There's nothing more that they can do. Like, we're going to lose him. And he said in that moment, these words began to, like, come out as he sat down at his guitar and he began to sing. It's like, raise a hallelujah. I'm going to choose to raise a hallelujah when right, I have right. no faith left. Right, right. When I'm not, when, when you feel like there's nothing left that you can do. Right. And I remember watching a video of this song where they explain the meaning behind the song. And in the song, they're, they're like, they're singing and they're playing like the band has been this morning. And it, it goes out and you see the audience and it centers in on this couple, this mom and this dad, and they're holding this sweet little blonde boy named Jackson who pulled through and he made it and he's in like full good health today and I remember seeing that on the video and they're declaring this song I raise a hallelujah on the other side like they sang it by his bedside and sang it over him while he was in the hospital where they weren't sure if he was going to survive or not they sang this song choosing to raise a hallelujah in the midst of their pain in the midst of their struggle but I'm watching this video and I'm looking at this family holding their little boy singing this song together with their hands raised and he's smiling and he's hugging his dad and I was like God that's what I want I want to be able to sing this song at APA with Clark and I standing next to each other with AO in our arms declaring that we can raise a hallelujah in the midst of whatever that we're going through that God you are in the midst of that and I remember praying I remember posting that song the link to that song and just saying and believing that we would be able to sing this together as a family in this house someday And so we sang that song in the moments when we felt weak, in the moments when we felt discouraged, in the moments where we were frustrated, in the moments where we felt like we were totally at the end of our rope. 
we chose to sing this song and raise a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies. Right, raise right, a hallelujah, right, realizing right, that right. death, you have no hold that's on right, me. We right, raise a right, hallelujah right. and we'll sing a little louder. <laughs> and we'll sing a little, and in the moments where we didn't have it, and I can't even tell you as I'm standing over here this morning and we're singing that song together as a church, I'm next to Clark and Ao is in our arms. I'm flashing back to those moments of singing that song on my knees with tears streaming down my face. I'm remembering listening to that song as I'm lying in my bed here at home where Clark and Ao are overseas just desperate for my family to be together. I'm flashing back to times driving in my car where I had the song on repeat again and again just begging with God, why are you not answering this prayer yet? Why aren't you doing it? I'm flashing back to all those moments and then I snap back to reality where I'm standing now in the victory on the other side, raising the same hallelujah to the same God in the same moment of victory. And listen, we don't want to paint a picture for you. I hope that we've adequately explained this morning. We don't want to paint a picture of you that just because we're in victory right now doesn't mean there hasn't been pain. And it doesn't mean that there won't be some like serious like therapy and counseling now that needs to happen on the other side of this. But our God did not leave us even when we felt like he did. That's right, that's right, that's right. He did not walk away from us even when we felt so alone and abandoned. He was always working out the details. I was gonna read a scripture for you out of Job this morning that just spoke so deeply to my heart in January of this year that I wrote it all down. That says, everything listens to you, God. The, 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 the weather and the all of creation and everything listens to you and you're working out miracles, but sometimes we miss them. Even you're working out things and I just wonder how many times throughout this whole journey we just didn't see what God was doing just beneath the surface that's right the things that he was working out the people's hearts that he was grabbing hold of right beneath the surface the community that he was knitting together right below the surface the the, the puzzle pieces that he was slowly putting into place that we couldn't see all right beneath the surface and my prayer for you this morning is that you would be able to stand and raise a hallelujah right. regardless of what season you're in whether you're on the other side or you're on the midst of it, just trusting this morning that God is working out things, that the God of all creation, that the God of all love, that the God of every good thing is working out things beneath the surface right now to make it possible for you to stand in victory. Because he's a, we, we declare that we are victors, not victims. That's one of our values here at APA. And this morning, we are standing in victory together.